Hey guys, thanks for joining us for this 89th episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. Special guests on this episode include Brigadier General A.J. Tata. Got a brand new, exciting book to talk about, Chasing the Lion. We'll also visit with Chris Matthews about his new book, This Country, My Life in Politics and History. We'll also visit with country pop artist Juna and Joey about their new single, Something Good to Miss. Also, we'll talk about upcoming summer dates and more. Of course, if you would, please take the time to subscribe, comment, leave some feedback, check out the shop, and of course, share with your friends. Now, just in case there was any question about this, yes, your eight-year-old knows more about dinosaurs than you do, and maybe a lot more. Now, yesterday was International Dinosaur Day, and a new poll found American adults know very little about dinosaurs, even though we loved them as kids. Now, here's the craziest stat. Close to half of Americans said that they think it's possible that dinosaurs still exist in some remote corner of the world. Now, that might be true if you count birds or if there's a real-life Jurassic Park we really don't know about. Now, here are a few quick stats on what we know and don't know about dinosaurs. Number one, one in five adults think that dinosaurs were still roaming the Earth in large numbers a hundred years ago. But fossil records put it at more like 65 million years. Number two, 54% think they've only lived in Africa and North America, but their bones have been found all over the world. And number three, the average adult can name four different dinosaurs. T-Rexes are number one. 47% could not identify a Triceratops. He's a Fox News military expert, author, and U.S. Army Brigadier General A.J. Tata on the line with us. And first off, General Tata, I appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to be on this morning. Yeah, thank you so much, Cameron. I really appreciate it. It's great to chat with you and your listeners. Now, General, which of those uh, which of those uh, slash marks there is, is the most surprising for you? Is it the author? Did you or did, was that something that you always saw in, in your earlier years as well? I've always uh, enjoyed writing, and and being an author is um, I'm, you know I'm, I'm proud to do that. I, I you know I was proud to serve in any of the capacities I've served in, whether it was as a soldier, paratrooper. Um, uh, as a school superintendent in Raleigh, North Carolina, as a um, you know state secretary of transportation in North Carolina, as as um, you know the undersecretary of defense for policy in the Trump administration, all of those things have made me proud. And, and um, uh, uh, writing, though, is something I've always wanted to do ever since I was a kid. And Chasing the Lion is my 14th novel, and and uh, it kind of blows me away that uh, when I when I say that. But uh, I've I've written 14 books, and you figure each book's about 100,000 words. That I've got about a million four words in print. That just uh, it's shocking to me that uh, I've been able to actualize this childhood dream to to um, uh, you know to the success that, that we have. Now tell our listeners about chasing the lion, and this was this was written pre-pandemic, but it, it sure fits in now, though, doesn't it? Yeah, so I turned it in uh, chasing the lion um, in January of last year, and I joined the Trump administration in uh, late April of last year. It's um, uh, in, in a senior role in the Pentagon, and um, in that four months there, I got to do edits, and in those four months. 
the pandemic began to surge, uh, you know, particularly in March and April. And so as I was doing the edits prior to joining the administration, um, I, I, I wove in, I had no idea where COVID was going, but it was interesting to me that, that I had um, already written a book about, you know, chemical warfare and, and um, uh, the, the uh, you know, impact that uh, it has on, on the country. And, and uh, it, so I'm glad I was able to get the edits in and at least, make it uh, have uh, COVID as a touchstone because it's just like you can't write a thriller without having a uh, taking into account the reality of 9-11. I, I think going forward, you're not going to be able to write anything without taking into account of, uh, what COVID has done to the world. And, and so it makes it, I think, a little more realistic. Now, General, what do you think we have learned from COVID? And how do you think that that has helped us prepare for the next whatever it is that, that we face? Yeah, so um, uh, the, you know, I, I think the COVID response um, uh, is, uh, you know, the vaccines uh, uh, were number one uh, vector. You know, you think about how quickly the vaccines have been made. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had mine and, uh, you know, it's uh, I, I'm, I'm thankful that we're able to get around, arms around it. I know there's questions about the vaccine and, and all of that, but. Um, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the bottom line is that, uh, this, this was a virus that went global. And, and, uh, so being able to respond to that, uh, I'm, I, you know, I, I do the forensics and, uh, I'm concerned about some of the emails that I'm seeing that, uh, Fauci had with, uh, the, uh, Wuhan lab, um, uh, founder and donor and, and, uh, the, the fact that, you know, an American citizen is communicating with someone whose vested interest is protecting the Wuhan lab, I think that's a real cause for concern for this country. I, I think it's something that um, uh, in, instead of um, advocating for getting to the bottom of what happened in that lab, whether it happened in that lab, why did China shut down its own travel but allow um, international travel, um, because they knew how deadly the virus was. All of those critical questions uh, were not being asked because the media was propagating a narrative that, um, quite frankly, uh, you know, was uh, harmful to the president. And, and um, you know, the, their goal was not to get to the truth, uh, in my view, but it was to be as harmful as they could to the current administration and, and by extension, the country. Uh, so the more casualties, the more death, the more um, uh, the chaos, the better from a media standpoint, because that meant it was um, the, the president uh, would be impacted um, and and uh, it would set the stage for, um, you know, the elections in November, which is unfortunate because the people were ill served uh, by the media in particular. Uh, so. Now, now, General, in your time of, of service, are you surprised with the recollection that you had as you were sitting down and writing, like you said, your 14th novel, uh, obviously based on some of your experiences? Um, no, I, you know, I, I, um, writing for me, uh, Cameron, is a cathartic experience. And every book, I get invested um, uh, with the characters and, and, and their outcomes and the, and the conflict they're trying to resolve. And and so it's like a little bit like being an actor. You 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 become 
you, you get inside the head of all your characters and, and you're actually, as I write for me, at least anyway, um, it's, it's, uh, a lot like acting and, and instead of being on TV, I'm, I'm, I'm able to, you know, write a scene and then edit a scene and, and until the final product is, uh, I believe ready for, for publication. And, uh, but it's, uh, uh, it, the, uh, as I as I write, I draw on experience, but I also draw on a creative imagination. That's right. And again, the uh, the new book, Chasing the Lion. In general, I always want to make sure and let our listeners know where the best place to find more info about the book and everything you've got going social media wise as well, sir. Yeah. So uh, you know, I'm on Twitter at AJ Tata. I'm on Instagram at AJ Tata underscore author. Uh, Facebook AJ Tata author. And uh, you can buy the book at any bookstore. Macmillan, St. Martin's is one of the biggest publishers out there. And and um, it's in Barnes & Noble. It's in uh, bookstore, uh, airport bookstores, uh, Costco, uh, all, all over the country. And, and uh, online, of course, it's in Audible. Uh, there's an audio version. There's an ebook version. And then, of course, there's the hardcover. And it's out uh, yesterday. It was a release day. And, and uh, it's... Uh, you know, getting a lot of great reviews from uh, Mystery and Suspense magazine and other reviewers, and and uh, I'm I'm really um, proud of the team that helped launch this book uh, from St. Martin's Press. That's awesome. And again, that new book, uh, Chasing the Lion, General A.J. Tata. It has been a true privilege to have the chance to visit with you this morning, sir. I hope you have continued success, and uh, we can catch up again real soon. Thank you so much, Cameron. I appreciate it. Now think about how many people you really trust in your life. There's friends, family, and maybe Tom Hanks. Now you can't count yourself or your pets or Tom Hanks, actually. According to a recent study, the average adult trusts just seven people, and 40% say the pandemic has actually helped reveal who's trustworthy and who isn't. Now more than eight out of 10 people think they themselves are trustworthy, though. Now, it also found the top signs that you're trustworthy, and those include being reliable, not being manipulative, having integrity, respecting boundaries, being a good listener, being considerate, being authentic, and not canceling plans at the last minute. It's been a minute since we had the chance to visit with him. Chris Matthews got a new book, This Country, My Life in Politics and History. And Chris, always great to visit with you. Appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to be on this morning. Well, thank you very much, Cameron. Here I am in Oklahoma. Isn't isn't (laughs) the president coming down to Oklahoma today? I think he is. He is. He's uh, coming to Tulsa for uh, the celebration. Yeah. You know, I grew up knowing about Winter at Valley Forge and the Bunker Hill and the I knew all that. I never knew about it. So we get it. we're learning our history, finally. All of it. Good, <laughs> now, bad, and the ugly. Chris, where did where did the idea for this book come for you? And uh, and maybe well, did you delve maybe a little deeper than uh, than originally intended with the book? Yeah, probably because I had a lot of time to do it, and I, uh, you know, I, I'm bragging. I've had a life that I owe to God. I guess I because how many people get the hang two years in Africa? bopping around on a motorcycle, a motorbike, 120 Suzuki. How many people get to uh, drive out into the African veldt with the 
panorama before them. And the, you'll love this, the escarpment in the distance. The distance. I love the word escarpment because it's right on Tarzan, you know. <laughs> and uh, and you're uh, hanging around with guys in their 40s or 50s who, uh, who treat you like a son. You know, on the hottest day in the world over there, they would say, do you want a cold drink? Cold drink. They didn't pronounce the D. They say cold drink. And I go, okay. And then they give me some warm Coca-Cola. And there's no refrigerator <laughs> or an orange Fanta, you know, but it, they were really nice. And, um, and then they come back to Washington, knock on doors, be a capital cop for a while as a patriot's job. And then finally getting a job as a legislative assistant, a speechwriter, a senator, working my way up to the White House. I'm a speechwriter for Jimmy Carter. I'm flying around the country on Air Force One trying to save the presidency and, and then fighting with Tip O'Neill in the back room as his top guy for six years. And then when he retired, I go off and become a correspondent. I'm covering the Berlin Wall coming down. I'm in South Africa for the first election of the, the blacks could vote in, majority elected Mandela, and then be up in Northern Ireland covering the uh, Good Friday Accords. And, you know, I mean, even things like you wouldn't think would be powerful that you like I don't know if you're Catholic or not, but if you're Catholic, I guess it's a big deal. The Pope's funeral, John Paul II's funeral, and to be there for a whole 10 days watching all those people pay tribute to him from all around the world. I mean, I got to do all this in my life. I was like Forrest Gump, you know? I, <laughs> I actually was there. And, um, and I wanted to write about it and tell the people who watched me all these years, you missed all this. I never told you about all this stuff. Uh, but it's, who I, it's where I came from. I had a life before I had a TV show. and uh, so. You know, this country, it's about democracy at home, seeing how it works from the highest level and seeing how the rest of the world wanted to be like us. Those Berliners wanted to vote. They couldn't figure out whether they wanted to unite with West Germany. They didn't know whether they wanted capitalism or socialism, but they wanted to vote on it. And uh, the same in South Africa. You can say this for Mandela and maybe a few people in the world. He saved this country from a war because he said, let's not have a war. Let's have an election. Yeah. And there was a white woman who said to me, this is the day I waited for my whole life. When she's standing in line with all the blacks, she was the one white person in line and she wanted to vote. So, uh, you know, in life is great and, uh, and politics and democracy is certainly great. And I wanted to talk about my experience with it. We need a little uh, cheering section right now for democracy right now. I think we need to believe in it again. Now, Chris, as you were going through and, and writing down notes and and parts of the history that you got to see, I mean, how much pride do you take looking back at that? And do you have to pinch yourself still uh, about being a part of so many great, great moments in history? Hey, hey uh, Cameron, I think I'm 28. So what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, when you're old, you don't feel old. My mom, before she got Alzheimer's, I'm not kidding about this. And i about sorry, sad for her state at the end, but she said when they're 50 something, I feel I'm 28, you know, she never experienced old age. I, I know it's on the book. I know I wrote it and I know what happened and I'm still stunned by it because I wanted to do something like this. I wanted to get into politics and I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to be a columnist, you know, a colorful Jimmy Breslin type columnist. And, uh, and I wanted to, knock down and, and, and go somewhere and then go to my candy or whatever equipment I had, you know, at the time with the earphones, all like crazy thing you had to use to get the, uh, the story. And I mean, the guys I'm working with journalism, some of them were, were from Western union days. They used to file their comms, you know, Mary McGraw, George Will, they use Western union, but I'm over there in Africa. I'm in, uh, I'm in Berlin. I'm in Paris for something, Italy. 
Ireland and every place I go, I had to put those couplets on and try to find my story. I loved writing being a column, columnist from wherever I was. I did a bullfighting thing from Barcelona once. And I mean, I, I, I trashed bullfighting, of course, but I, <laughs> I've been to a bunch of bullfights. It's a sin, but I've been there, but I trashed it because I thought it was ridiculous. But uh, I love being a columnist. I love being a speechwriter. Uh, I like being a cop. For three months, I did it. It was a little scary because I had a gun and a uniform and short hair. And people might have thought I was a real cop, which would have been really scary because I had five bullets. They gave us five bullets in our gun rather than six in case we tripped. Do you believe that? And uh, such little faith in us, patronage cops. But uh, that was experience, too. Yeah, that was. That's cool. Now, again, the, the book, This Country, My Life in Politics and History. Chris, I always want to make sure, let folks know not only where to find more info about the book, but uh, everything you've got going socially as well. Well, I can go through, uh, get, get it on Amazon right now and get the book and, or Barnes & Noble. You can do it, but these books come in a day or two, a couple of days. Uh, I'm also, a, I've just been named Distinguished Professor of American Politics and Media at Fulbright University, Vietnam. I've been teaching classes over in Vietnam. That's one of the great ironies of my life. Vietnam is now our ally against China. <laughs> we have a common adversary. They were very much want to be our ally for obvious reasons, and we want to be their ally. And they love English, speaking in English. They know more about our politics than we do. These kids say, how come James Bennett got fired by the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times? They said, how do you know about that? Or what do you think about the 1619 Project? I go, what? <laughs> or, uh, you know, should Trump have been banned from Facebook or from uh, twi Twitter? They know all this stuff. These are Vietnamese kids living in a different language in their they, they want to know what we're up to. They like Americans. Isn't that ironically after that terrible war? That's amazing. <laughs> Life is, that's, uh, has many twists and turns. That's right. Well, Chris, I truly appreciate you for taking some time out of your schedule to be on this morning. Looking forward to spending some more time with the book and uh, hopefully we can catch up again real soon, sir. Have, have me back, Cameron, anytime you do that. Thank you. Now, cops normally use spike strips to stop a high-speed chase, but this works too, I guess. A guy in northern Wisconsin got caught with an expired registration early yesterday morning and decided to run. Now, police chased him for 13 miles before he went off the road and tried to drive through a field. But he didn't get far, because a huge wall of cows stopped him. Now, luckily, he didn't hit any of them and no people were hurt either. Now, cops posted a photo on Facebook of the cows checking out the guy's car after he'd been arrested. And they joked that he encountered a, quote, moving blockade. Now, they also thanked their police department's bovine unit for helping them out. We call them friends now as uh, as they're making a return visit with us. Uh, youngsters, uh, I would say. Juna and Joey with us today. And first off, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to visit. Oh, yeah, thank you. thank you for having us. Now, now tell us how excited. I know you're in the vehicle heading out. Got some shows coming up. I mean, after what 2020 was, I mean, how excited are you to have a summer to actually play some shows? Oh, my gosh. We are so excited. 
it has definitely been a little bit of a challenge not being able to go out and play shows and interact with the crowd and do all that anymore. So we're excited to get back out there, play some shows. You know, we have been at our house for I don't even know how long. Our, my mom is years. a nurse, and uh, she's really like cautious about the whole COVID thing. But we're yeah. we're really glad to you know get back on the road and getting back into the swing of things. Yeah. Now tell us, I, one of the things that I noticed whenever I got the single out, the, my first reaction was the growth and the maturity. And and how much have you guys really worked on honing your craft over the last year since we spoke last? Yeah, especially, you know, like we were saying, we haven't been able to go out and play some shows. It's allowed us to, you know, stay home and kind of work behind the scenes, working on just perfecting, you know, Joey and I's craft and our harmonies, a lot of writing as well, and also just working on some social media stuff and getting ready to put out these four songs. So it's been a lot of like behind the scenes, you know, kind of gathering our stuff, getting ready to go back out there and play some shows. So. I'm so glad that, uh, you know, well, I was into sports. I don't know if you know, but I was playing basketball, baseball, football, soccer and stuff. And I'm so glad Juliana actually like had lessons because if she didn't and she wasn't singing, I would never know I could sing. So yeah. it just worked out great. And we're just so happy to, you know, do music together. Now, how much of a growing prospect process was it for brother and sister to work alongside together? And, and, and is it still a work in progress is probably what I should ask, right? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a work in progress. Yeah. Um, you know, there'll be the times more, The we more have... we work together, the better it'll get. And uh, obviously, we're trying to put out some, you know, harmonies, um, brother and sister harmonies, you know, family harmonies for uh, the other people to listen to and, you know, relate to because there's not a lot of duos out there. There are, but um, brother I just feel sister, like brother and sister are more. That, that bond is very special, and we're so grateful to have each other in the singing realm, <laughs> in the music realm, to be able to work together and, you know, create something very special and hopefully our love our music and want to listen to it so yeah now what has been the biggest challenge this last year for you guys uh musically writing maybe inspiration wise yeah um we definitely haven't you know been able to make that many okay we definitely made a lot more memories you know when we were out on the road and and traveling and doing all that because you know that's where the memories come like in experiences and that's kind of like how we like to write you know with through experiences and like our stories and like stuff we go through. So um, it's definitely been a little bit challenging not having gone through as many experiences and, you know, creating new memories. But um, yeah, just been kind of, you know, writing whenever we feel and like whenever we have an idea catch on, just writing it down, either to work on later or in the moment, just picking up your guitar and jamming on a riff or something. Well, during the summer, you know, like I said, COVID happened and uh, we decided to do like COVID covers. So we picked some songs um, out that kind of had to deal with with COVID. And so we did songs like um, All By Myself, All By Myself, Six Feet Apart by Luke Combs. Right. Great time doing that. And I felt like that would relate to all the people out there that are just, you know, home and they want to listen to songs. So we decided to do that. Now, who are the groups or the artists that you guys really are inspired by or that uh, maybe make you push yourself a little bit harder, if you will? Well, since we're a duo, we love to listen to Dan and Shay. Oh, we kind of try to replicate their you know, their repertoire and, and their vibe you know, and their vibe. And now uh, we also like uh, Luke Combs a lot because his rasp is just <laughs> there's something about it. <laughs> Valerini, oh my gosh, she is an amazing live performer and writer. I she just every time she goes out on stage, she kills it. And that's just something that is like so inspiring and so amazing that she, she never misses a note. Oh, she never misses anything. She's just amazing. I love her so much. So, yeah, I would say she's definitely a big inspiration. Also, you know, same like Dan and Shay Luke Combs love them. They're so amazing. And yeah. 
Now, how much do you guys appreciate the social media and the following that you've got there? Especially, I mean, that's that's all a lot of artists have had to 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 really keep them a little bit of sanity this last year. I'd say a little bit, not complete. We got a huge team behind us. We have, um, you know, a social media person. We got our manager, Diana. Without her, we would be nowhere. We got our parents to back us up. We got a whole team going for us. And uh, without them, we would be nothing. Yeah, I think a lot of people have made connections through social media, you know, especially in the last year, not being able to make those face-to-face -face connections. Um, but using the tool of like the internet and like online and Instagram and all those, just being able to make connections through that. And also engaging with our online fans more because, you know, at, during our show stuff, we can talk and make connections with our fans live like when we do performances but um for those who like obviously can't come or live far away it's it's good for us to be able to talk with them and do weekly lives just to catch up on them and let them know like what's kind of going on in our lives like new music and stuff so it's definitely been a great advantage to us you know to have that social media following and able to be connected to them and in know. order for your social medias to stay put you got to be um consistent with your lives and your posting because your fans like that just gets them more involved and you can get a bigger following because i remember when we started we had like 25 subscribers on youtube <laughs> yeah and uh, we started posting covers shout out um, to those 25 so yeah, they've been, yeah, right. <laughs> so Literally. yeah we we've been posting consistently on uh youtube but unfortunately our comments got taken away but uh yes. we're still trying to go through and get this through, back but. yeah now, of the two of you, who is who is the morning person and uh, and who wants to be left alone? Um, <laughs> she sleeps until three o'clock. I know. Um. <laughs> is important, so I like to take as much sleep as I possibly can, and also just rehydrate my brain, you know, and regen rejuvenate it for writing purposes. <laughs> I usually get up in the morning, like around eight. Oh, Joey's eight a morning to, person. Eight to nine, eight to ten. I would say I'm more of a night owl. I could be up literally till like five in the morning, just doing whatever it is I do, you know. So, 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 who is the coffee though? Yeah. Now, now, who's who's the drama queen or king of of the two of you? I would. Yeah, <laughs> I figured there'd be alternate pointing going on there. I would say Joey. He is uh, very sensitive to like smells and um, like different like perfumes and, and hand sanitizers and all that. So I could literally put on perfume and he'd be like, Juno, I can't breathe. Like, I, I'm <laughs> like, yes, you can. What do you want me to do? He's like... very dramatic. Um, and yeah, his eating habits are very picky and just. My eating habits? No, I think your eating habits are crazy. <laughs> I think you're both a little bit drama queens. We got our, we got our, some things, we got some yeah. things. <laughs> you got some things in common is what you're saying, right? Yeah. <laughs> now tell our, our listeners a little bit where the, where the inspiration for the new single, Something Good to Miss, where this came from and, and how proud you are of the pro project that you've got out in, uh, in, in listeners' ears and uh, players as well. Well, during COVID, we actually went to up to Nashville and we recorded uh, four songs with uh, the lovely guy, Kenny Royster, who decided to go with Luke Combs as his first artist, I think. And uh, he <laughs> did uh, the album Hurricane, I think. Not the album. It was the, the song, song Hurricane. Yeah. Yes. And um, and uh, yeah, that song like literally went viral. And so uh, it, was, it, was it was great. Big. It was a great time to work with Kenny Royster because of how like amazing he really is and how smart he is. And uh, we decided to do uh, four songs. And the name of uh, one of the songs that we did was something good to miss. And Juno will tell you. Yeah, we are so proud of it. It took us. It, it was a while to, you know, get it out and get everything ready for the big release. Like 
you know, putting together all the merch and all like the stuff that goes behind it. And yeah, it was, it was definitely a process to get it out, but we're so excited that it's now out so that our fans can, you know, just hear some of our, like hear our sound and know like what they can expect from Joey and I, like with our music. And yeah, it was a great time to just be able to go up there and meet him and, and just be in that studio. Cause he had like a list of all the singers that had sang on the mic. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm singing on the same mic as Luke. <laughs> like, it was just so cool to like, know that and experience that. And so. our genre is, uh, is country pop. That's where we, that's where we <laughs> go for. Um, and uh, we're just so glad that we got to, you know, do songs with him. And we even have merch for our new single, Something Good to Miss. So if you guys don't have t-shirts out there, you know, it's on our website, juneandjoey.com. And also um, the song is kind of about, you know, having some, having something good to miss like while you're away whether it's like for military families or whether it's business or whether it's anything else just having someone to come back home to and having something good to miss so yeah there you go now uh, again juni and J- juna and joey sorry about that i uh, <laughs> want to give you guys an opportunity to let folks know not only where they can find the merch the music tour dates the social media all that stuff uh, well, pretty much everything is on our website, JunaAndJoey.com, but you can also keep keep up with us personally through Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, pretty much every social TikTok. media. TikTok's a big also one. Also TikTok, yeah. yeah. And uh, also bands in town. That's that's what we're trying to get because yeah, we love playing shows and, you know, in Nashville, we just bought a house up there. And so we're really excited to, you know, be up there all the time and perform. And, and also- that's gonna, the music city. Yeah, and right. also, going to um england in september so any of y'all fans over in england you can check out our tour dates there too um with uh 20 she's an artist from england and it's it's gonna be a crazy experience and so if you if y'all want to keep up with that make sure to check our social medias because we're, we're gonna be posting so much and some behind the scenes stuff too so yeah and we have a new original coming out uh very soon so there's also something to look forward to and we have music videos as well yes you, you guys, what do you do in your off time? Or there, there's no such thing, right? <laughs> no, really. <laughs> so I'm getting my sleep now. Yeah, on the road. <laughs> That's right. Well, Juna and Joey, it is always great to visit with you guys. I appreciate you taking some time on the road with us today, and look forward to catching up again real soon. Yeah, Definitely. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. <laughs> well, thanks again for joining us for this 89th episode in season two of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. If you ever have a comment, question, anything else you'd like to know, you can hit me up on the contact page at gqwithcam.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at gqwithcam. If you'd like to help out in the funding for this podcast, you can visit the merch store. We've got hoodies, tumblers, mugs, stickers, shirts, and more at gqwithcam.com forward slash shop. And if you have a special guest idea, email me, gqwithcam at gmail.com. Well, thanks again to our good friend Brandon Allen for coming up with our theme music. We're going to let him play us out and hope you guys have a great rest of your Wednesday.